Moses and the children of Israel. After living in Egypt many years, the descendants of the 12 sons of Jacob, who had been given the new name Israel, had become very numerous. Their numbers worried the new Pharaoh. Joseph had been dead for many years, and the new Pharaoh did not remember the help Joseph had given the Egyptians during the seven-year famine. Concerned that the Hebrews would become so numerous that they would overpower the Egyptians, Pharaoh made them slaves. They were forced to work in the fields and to make bricks for the great Egyptian buildings. Still, the number of Israelites increased. Finally, the Pharaoh decided that the only way to protect Egypt was to kill the children of the Israelites. So he ordered that all male babies be thrown into the river. Jochebed was an Israelite woman who was about to have a baby. She already had a daughter named Miriam and a son named Aaron. When the new baby was born, it was another son. Jochebed loved the baby and could not let him be killed, so she hid him for three months in their crowded little house. The family was afraid the Egyptians might hear the baby cry and kill him. Jochebed made a little basket out of bulrushes and covered the outside with pitch to keep the water from seeping into it. Then she put the baby in the basket and placed it in the river among the plants that grew near the water's edge. The sorrowing mother asked Miriam to sit on the river bank and watch to see what would happen. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came to bathe in the river. Seeing the cradle, she sent her maid to get it. The princess opened the basket and found a crying baby boy. She knew he was one of the Hebrew babies that should have been killed. When he cried, she felt compassion for him and decided to take him back to the palace to be her own son. Miriam went to the princess and asked, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? The princess answered, Yes. Joyfully, Miriam ran to her mother and told her what had happened. Jochebed returned with her daughter to the princess, who commanded, Take this child away and nurse it for me. The princess named the baby Moses. She cared for him and loved him as though he were her own son. During his youth, he was taught by the Egyptians and became a prince. One day when Moses was grown, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. Moses felt sorry for the slave and was angry with the Egyptian. He knew he was a Hebrew himself, so he tried to help the slave. In defending the slave, he killed the Egyptian. Frightened, Moses hid the Egyptian's body in the sand. The next day, when Moses walked among the people, he saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked one of them, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? Who made thee a prince and judge over us? The Hebrew answered. Intendest thou to kill me as thou killst the Egyptian? Moses had not thought that anyone had seen him kill the Egyptian. Somehow the Pharaoh heard what had happened and wanted to punish Moses. Moses escaped from Egypt and journeyed to the land of Midian, where he stopped by a well. 
while he rested, the seven daughters of Jethro, the priest of Midian, came with their sheep to get water. The girls filled the troughs with water, but when the sheep began to drink, other shepherds came and tried to scatter them. Outraged, Moses drove the men away, then helped the girls water their sheep. Jethro appreciated the help Moses had given his daughters and welcomed him into their home. After a time, Moses married Jethro's daughter, Zipporah. They had two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. One day, while Moses watched his sheep in a desert area called Horeb, a strange thing happened. Looking up a mountain slope, he saw a bush that appeared to be on fire, but the bush itself was not being burned. I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt, he said. When he approached the bush, a voice called, Moses, Moses. In astonishment, Moses replied, Here am I. The voice spoke again, Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. After Moses had removed his shoes, the voice continued, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses was so frightened that he hid his face. The Lord told Moses he knew of the Israelites' hardships. He had heard their prayers, and he wanted to deliver them from the Egyptians. He said that he had prepared a special land for them, where they would not be slaves. Moses must have been thrilled to know that his people would be freed. He was not prepared for what the Lord said next. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, so that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. How could Moses return to Egypt? He had killed a man, and the Egyptians would punish him. What power would he have before the great Pharaoh? But the Lord comforted Moses, saying, Certainly I will be with thee. Moses was still worried. Why should the Israelites trust him? Even when he had lived among them, they had considered him an Egyptian. Why should they follow him now? The Lord answered again, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers appeared unto me. They shall hearken to thy voice. Moses was still hesitant. But behold, they will not believe me. The Lord then showed Moses that all things are possible for God. He told Moses to throw down the rod he was carrying, 
When he cast it to the ground, it became a snake, and Moses ran from it. The Lord said, Put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. When Moses caught the serpent by the tail, it became a rod again. The Lord then told Moses to put his hand inside his robe. When Moses took his hand out, it was covered with leprosy. He was frightened, but the Lord told him to put his hand inside his robe again. When he took it out the second time, his hand was healed. Even after these miracles, Moses was still worried that the Israelites would not listen to him. Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. In answer to this last argument, the Lord replied, Is not Aaron thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. At last, Moses was convinced. He prepared his family and began the long journey back to Egypt. When they neared the end of their trek, Aaron, who still lived in Egypt, received a vision. He was told to go into the wilderness to find Moses. What a joyful meeting their brothers must have had when Moses told Aaron of the work the Lord had asked them to do. They prepared themselves to meet the Pharaoh and return to Egypt. Moses had Aaron tell Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, so that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Pharaoh decided that if the Israelites had time to think about holding a feast, they did not have enough work to do. He commanded the officers and taskmasters to stop giving the Israelites straw to make their bricks. They would have to gather their own straw and would still be required to make as many bricks as before. The children of Israel were greatly upset. Their burden was already too heavy. So Moses prayed to the Lord, and the Lord sent him back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked Moses to show him a miracle. Moses had Aaron cast down his rod, and it became a serpent. Not wanting to be outdone, Pharaoh called his magicians, and by using their evil cunning, they also turned their rods into serpents. But Aaron's serpent swallowed all of the magician's serpents. Moses asked Pharaoh to let him take his people on a three-day journey into the wilderness to worship God. But Pharaoh did not want his slaves to leave their work. The Lord told Moses that plagues would be sent upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians until Pharaoh changed his mind and let the Israelites go. The next morning, Moses and Aaron went down to the river to meet Pharaoh. Moses had Aaron lift his rod and strike the water. The river turned to blood. All the fish died and the river began to stink. After a week, Moses went again to Pharaoh and said, Let my people go, or I will smite all thy land with frogs. Pharaoh refused. 
So Aaron stretched out his rod over the rivers and ponds. Frogs came up out of the water upon the land of Egypt. They went into the houses, the beds, and the ovens. Pharaoh called for Moses and said, If the Lord will take away the frogs, I will let the people go to offer their sacrifice. Moses prayed to God, and the frogs died. But with the frogs gone, Pharaoh changed his mind. Aaron then struck the dust with his rod. The dust throughout the land became lice, which tormented the Egyptians and their animals. But the plague did not soften Pharaoh's heart. Then the Lord sent swarms of flies, which filled the houses of Pharaoh and his people. However, the Lord kept the flies away from the children of Israel because they were his chosen people. Again, Pharaoh sent for Moses. He said, go and sacrifice, but do it in this land. Moses told him they had to travel for three days to a place where they could worship God. Pharaoh finally agreed that they could go if Moses would remove the flies. Moses prayed to the Lord and the flies disappeared. But Pharaoh hardened his heart again. Next, the Lord sent a sickness upon the animals of the Egyptians. Many of the cattle, horses, donkeys, camels, oxen, and sheep throughout Egypt died. But the animals of the Israelites were not harmed. Still, Pharaoh refused to let the Israelites go. The Lord directed Moses to have Aaron cast toward heaven handfuls of ashes from the furnace. The ashes caused painful boils to break out on the Egyptians, but the boils did not change Pharaoh's mind, so the Lord sent a destructive hailstorm upon the land. While the hail poured down from heaven, it was accompanied by fierce thunder and lightning. The storm killed every man and beast that was in the fields. It ruined crops and broke trees. But there was no hail where the children of Israel lived. Pharaoh then sent for Moses and said, The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Ask the Lord that there be no more thunderings and hail, and I will let you go. When Moses was outside the city, he prayed, and the storm stopped. But again, Pharaoh did not keep his word. The Lord told Moses to stretch out his rod over the land of Egypt. An east wind started to blow. It blew all day and all night. When morning came, the wind brought thousands of locusts. They covered the land, filled the houses of the Egyptians, and ate all the trees and vegetation that the storm had left. Pharaoh promised once more to let them go. But after a west wind blew the locusts away, he again refused. The Lord told Moses to stretch his hand toward heaven. A thick darkness spread over the land. The air was so dark and so heavy that it could actually be felt. No light could be seen except in the homes of the Israelites. The darkness lasted for three days. Pharaoh called Moses and said, 
Your people may go to worship, but do not take your flocks and herds. Moses explained, We need sacrifices and offerings. Our animals must go with us. Pharaoh did not want the people to leave with all their animals, so he cried angrily to Moses, Get thee from me, see my face no more. For in the day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. Thou hast spoken well, Moses answered. I will see thy face again no more. The Lord spoke to Moses. Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go. Following the Lord's instructions, Moses had each Israelite family kill a male lamb and mark the two side posts and the upper doorpost of their houses with the lamb's blood. Then they roasted the animals and prepared unleavened bread and bitter herbs. That night, all of the Israelites stayed in their homes and ate a special meal, which the Lord called the Feast of the Passover. At midnight, the Lord sent the last plague. The firstborn sons of all the Egyptian families died, including the firstborn of the Pharaoh. Even the firstborn of their cattle were stricken. But the destroying angel passed over the homes of the Israelites who had obeyed Moses and marked their doors with lamb's blood. The firstborn in the Israelite families were not killed. Pharaoh and all the Egyptians rose up in the night when death struck their families. Every house had at least one death, and a great cry of mourning was heard throughout all Egypt. Pharaoh was grief-stricken when he found that even his firstborn son was dead. Pharaoh knew the reason for the tragedy which had come upon them. He immediately sent for Moses. Pharaoh cried, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. After ten terrible plagues, the Israelites finally had permission to leave Egypt. Pharaoh had made many promises to Moses, but had broken each one. He was an unrighteous ruler who disobeyed the Lord. Because of him, the Egyptian people suffered exceedingly. As soon as Pharaoh said they could go, the children of Israel quickly gathered their families and their possessions and left Egypt. The Lord led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The Lord had promised Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants that they could have the land known as Israel. The Lord did not want the Israelites to travel through the land of the Philistines, which was the shortest way. He knew that if the Philistines attacked them, the Israelites would probably return to Egypt. So he led them through the wilderness by the Red Sea. When Pharaoh found that the Israelites had left the country and had not gone merely to offer a sacrifice to their God, he was angry. 
He did not want to lose his slaves. Pharaoh gathered his 600 chariots, all his horses and horsemen, and his entire army, and started after the Israelites. When the children of Israel who were camped near the Red Sea saw the Egyptians coming, they were terrified. They cried to Moses, It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses was not afraid. He knew the Lord was with them. He said, Fear not, but stand still and see what the Lord will show you this day. The angel of God who had led the camp of Israel in the cloud and fire moved between them and the Egyptians. He looked like a cloud of darkness to the Egyptians, but a light to the Israelites. Moses stretched his hand out over the Red Sea, and the Lord caused a strong east wind to blow all that night. It divided the sea and made the land between the walls of water dry. The children of Israel, having faith in God and in Moses, started through the sea. With water towering on both sides of them like great walls, they traveled across the sea bottom. The Egyptians had to be slowed down or they would overtake the Lord's people before they had all crossed. The Lord caused the wheels to fall from the Egyptians' chariots so that they dragged heavily in the dirt. The Israelites hurried their families and flocks. Freedom lay ahead and death behind. They knew the Lord was with them. The Egyptians followed, slowed by their broken chariots. They were frightened and would have turned back, but Pharaoh had commanded them to recapture the slaves. They could not understand what miracle was holding the waters back, but they followed the Israelites. As soon as the last Israelite reached the shore, Moses once again stretched forth his hand over the sea. The walls of water flowed back to their normal level, covering the Egyptians and their horses and chariots. Not a single soldier or animal of Pharaoh's army was spared. The Lord had directed Moses to lead his chosen people out of bondage. He had preserved them once again, and he hoped they would live in such a way that they could enjoy the blessings of the gospel and freedom. The Israelites gave thanks to the Lord. They had witnessed the plagues and the miracle of dividing the Red Sea. They had been led by the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They believed in the Lord and in his chosen servant, Moses, and wanted to be God's people once more. After leaving Egypt, the Israelites traveled for a month in the wilderness. They became tired and discouraged. Their food supply ran out, and they suffered from hunger. They complained bitterly to Moses, saying, It would have been better if we had died as slaves in Egypt, at least there. We had meat and bread to eat. You have brought us into this wilderness where we shall all die from hunger. God heard the Israelites murmuring and spoke to Moses. Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. In the evening ye shall eat meat, 
and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. The people wondered how meat and bread could be provided for them. They were far from any cities, in a dry desert, where there were very few animals that could be used for meat. But that evening quail came and covered the camp, providing the meat the Lord had promised. The next morning, dew covered the ground, bushes and rocks. After the dew melted, small round white granules were left. The people had never seen this before. They called it manna, asking one another, what is this? Moses answered, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Gather an omer of it each day for each person living in your tent. The people did as they were told. It was satisfying food, which tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, Gather only enough for each day. Do not leave any of the bread till the morning. But some of the people did not obey Moses and tried to save some. Worms grew in it, and it smelled awful. Moses was troubled that the people had not obeyed. On the sixth day, Moses told the people, Tomorrow is the Sabbath of the Lord, a day of rest. Today, each man shall gather two omers of manna for each person in his tent, bake or boil it to save some for the Sabbath. The people were amazed. They did not understand. On other days, when they gathered more than they needed for one day, it spoiled. Even though they did not understand, most of the people did what Moses had instructed. On the morning of the Sabbath, to everyone's surprise, the manna they had gathered the day before did not stink. There was not a single worm in it. The few who had not obeyed went out on the seventh day to gather manna, but found none. The Lord was unhappy with these people because they had not kept the Sabbath day holy. And the Lord said, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? I have given you the Sabbath day as a day of rest. On the sixth day, I will give you food for two days. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. The Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. During all that time, the Lord provided manna for them, and always on the sixth day, he gave them enough to last for the Sabbath. He wanted them to keep the Sabbath day holy. On another occasion, the Israelites came to a dry, desolate place called Rephidim. Moses told the people to pitch their tents, but they could find no water there and suffered because of thirst. They complained to Moses, why hast thou brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Then Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. The Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod with which thou smote the river. I shall stand before thee there upon the rock, and thou shalt strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, 
that the people may drink. Well, Moses did as he was told, and water poured forth from the rock. The elders witnessed this great miracle. They knew that only through the power of God could water come from a rock in the desert. They knew God was providing for his people while they journeyed in the wilderness. Two months after leaving Egypt, the Israelites pitched their tents in the foot of Mount Sinai, and Moses went up onto the mountain. There the Lord revealed that he was ready to make a covenant with the children of Israel. If the Israelites would be obedient, they would become the chosen people of the Lord. When Moses returned from the mountain, he gathered the elders of Israel and told them about the covenant the Lord was willing to make. The elders answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. When Moses told the Lord the people were willing to enter the covenant, the Lord answered, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and they will believe thee forever. Then the Lord instructed Moses to go to his people and prepare them spiritually and physically to see the glory of God and hear his voice. On the third day, the Lord would come down in the sight of all the people. Moses was thrilled that his people would be able to see the glory of God. With instructions from the Lord, he went down from the mountain to prepare his people for this great event. And it came to pass on the morning of the third day, there were thunderings, lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud and all the people in the camp trembled moses knew this was the sign to lead his people from the camp to the foot of the mountain there the people would meet with god The whole mountain quaked and was covered with smoke because the Lord had come to the mountain in a fire. Everything around had a sacred feeling. Even though the people could not see God because he was in the cloud, they could feel his presence and they could hear his powerful, majestic voice when he spoke to them. God introduced himself saying, I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of bondage. And then the Lord gave them ten very special commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill. 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. While the Lord spoke, there was thunder, lightning, and the noise of the trumpet, and the mountain smoked. This frightened the people, and they moved away from the mountain. They had never experienced anything like that before. They said to Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Moses understood their worry and comforted them, saying, Fear not, for God is come to help you. He has given you these commandments, so that ye may be happy. But the people still stood afar off, while Moses went near the thick darkness where God was. The Israelites had heard God speak from heaven, and had seen his glory manifested upon the mountain. Later, the Lord had Moses come again to the top of the mountain, and he wrote these same commandments on tablets of stone, so that the Israelites could remember them and obey them. Balaam and the Talking Donkey When the children of Israel neared the Promised Land, the Lord commanded them to conquer several kingdoms. As a result, the people living in the Promised Land greatly feared the Israelites, especially the Moabites. Balak, the Moabite king, knew that a man named Balaam was a prophet, and the king hoped that Balaam might use his power to curse the Israelites. Balak sent his elders and princes to Balaam with gifts and treasures to pay for the cursing of Israel. The gifts were enticing, and Balaam wanted them, but he knew that he must pray for Heavenly Father's guidance. In answer to his prayer, the Lord said, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. The next morning, Balaam refused to curse Israel and sent the Moabites away. But King Balak would not give up. He sent more princes to Balaam. This time, he promised Balaam more than just riches. Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me, for I will promote thee unto every great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. But Balaam refused again, saying, Even if Balak gave me his house full of silver and gold. I still would not go against the word of God. However, Balaam did invite the Moabites to stay with him that night. Excited by the promise of riches and power, Balaam secretly hoped the Lord would change his mind and permit him to go to Balak. After Balaam had pleaded much, the Lord told him that if the Moabites came to get him in the morning and ask him again to go to Moab, he was to go, but even then he was to do only as the Lord directed him. 
Balaam was so anxious to go that he arose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and set out with the princes of Moab, even though the Moabites did not come to ask him again. The Lord was angry with Balaam for disobeying. He sent an angel with a sword to stand before Balaam in the road. The donkey saw the angel and stopped, but Balaam could not see him and did not understand why the donkey had stopped. Balaam began hitting the donkey and urging it on until finally the donkey started onward. It only went a short distance down the road when once more it saw the angel standing in the road between two walls. Because there was no room to turn aside, the donkey thrust itself against the wall, crushing Balaam's foot. Still unable to see the angel himself, Balaam angrily hit the donkey. Once more it went on. Further down the road, the angel again appeared before them in a narrow part of the path. The donkey could not turn in any direction, so it fell to the ground. Becoming more and more angry, Balaam hit the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord caused the donkey to speak. What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? Balaam angrily answered, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. The donkey responded, All my life I have been thy donkey. Have I ever failed thee? No, Balaam replied. Then the Lord allowed Balaam to see the angel in the road. Balaam finally understood his donkey's behavior. Ashamed, Balaam bowed his head, while the angel rebuked him and counseled him to obey God's words. The angel told him to go on to Moab, but to say to the Moabites only what God told him to say. So Balaam went on to Moab, where Balak continued to coax and promise him great wealth and power if he would curse Israel. But Balaam refused. However, because Balaam wanted the approval of the Moabites, he told them other ways they could harm the Israelites. Sometime later, Balaam was killed by the Israelites. Balaam had been strong in some things, but weak in others. In the end, he failed the Lord by helping the Moabites. Therefore, he lost many blessings which could have been his.